Hi, I'm Erin Hartz. Welcome to Grace Plus Boundaries, a weekly memoir in a podcast. I've realized through the past decade of my recovery that I learn the most about emotional maturity through listening to the triumphant stories of others. Are you yearning to unpack the effects of intergenerational trauma in your life? Do you want to stay true to your feelings, yet also learn how to accommodate the sensibilities of your loved ones? I'm dedicated to cracking the code of combining boundary setting with grace towards one another. Educate, evaluate, and evolve. Let's do this together. Hey, survivors of trauma. Welcome back. Got my microphone working again. I hope it sounds good to you all. Before I start our topic today, I just want a little shout out to my Facebook group if you want to join. It's called Survivors of Trauma Unite, and you'll find the information in the show notes. And also, if you want to be part of a live event, I'm doing a meeting every Tuesday night from 8 to 8.30 p.m. Pacific time, and it's a Survivors of Trauma support group, and we're going to read from Melody Beatty's the language of letting go. And we're going to share and get to know each other and have some connections. So if you're interested in that, then join my Facebook group or find me on Instagram and I will give you the details. Hope to see you there. So today I'm going to be talking about another dating death trap. Here's number six. I think this might be my last one for right now until I do more dates and understand some more death traps. But number six is one that happened to me a couple years ago, and it is dating with the wrong intentions. So I talked last time about the dating death trap number five, where I was fantasizing about this person that was involved in my son's life. And I luckily cut ties with that person and he stopped giving lessons to my son at that point when I realized that I had some issues. But before I cut the ties, um, I tried another strategy to get him off my mind, which did not work. And that is what I'm going to share today. So let's see, this must have been right during the pandemic. I think it was 2021. And in those first couple months, I had a friend living with me for a while. She needed a place to stay. So that was a big challenge. I think I was going through a lot of emotions because of just having another adult in the house who had a lot of um, needs and things of her own, just like me. And navigating how to live with a roommate is can be challenging sometimes, right? Especially when you're a person that doesn't like confrontation like me and doesn't know how to share my feelings sometimes with other people. So I was going through that at the same time. And I think that's probably why I started fantasizing so much about that that guy. And so as I was going through that, I was like, okay, after I went on a date with him and he really wasn't interested or, you know, he, he said some other excuse um, about so that, that was reasonable, but basically wasn't interested, right? Not that into me, thank goodness, because I don't think it would have worked out for a million reasons. But um, when after that, I was like, okay, I've got to get over this guy. Like, why am I so hooked on him? I barely even know him still, and um, he's not the right one for me, but I kept obsessing about him. 
So one of the great ideas I had back then was that maybe I should just get online and go on a couple dates. And maybe if I date somebody else, then I will not think about this guy. So that is what I would call dating for the wrong reasons, dating with the wrong intentions, right? My intention was more to get over this bad behavior or to get over this unhealthy behavior and now I'm going to slap on dating which is already like a death trap right it's already so hard for me as a survivor of trauma so that was what I thought of doing and you know if I'm dating someone with the wrong intentions like how is of course that's not going to work out because now I see that I that it's kind of a selfish behavior I'm just like going to use somebody else to try and fill in this void of myself. If I'm dating for any intention rather than wanting a partner and wanting to get to truly know someone and to love someone else, like I'm giving also in the relationship, then I'm not dating for the right intentions. So that is the right intention in my mind is that I'm dating to look for a partner that I am going to put energy and love into. Makes sense, right? But I think for a while, I was always dating with different intentions. Not that I meant to. I mean, I'm not a bad person and and none of us really are, right? We're all like trying the best. We're doing the best we can here. But if we just hadn't had those intentions of giving of ourself, then of course we're not going to get somebody who's giving of themselves because it has to kind of match energetically for us to come together. At least that's what I believe. Okay, so I end up meeting this person that lives a little bit far from me. I think he was about mm, probably a 45-minute drive from my house. But we, you know, connected on some level and um, we met one time in person after probably a month of of talking on the phone, meeting on Zoom. Finally, we met in person I expected back then that the fact that we had talked on the phone and Zoomed maybe five times, and maybe it had been a month since we had actually met online, I thought that really meant something. Like I was going into our first date thinking like, wow, this guy might actually really like me if he's stuck around this long um, just talking on the phone. Because at that point, I think I had been gone for a little bit. I think there was a death in the family and we went to the funeral. And I remember talking to him during the time that I was traveling for a funeral. And it kind of helped me because it was a rough time. And it it kind of helped me in that time since he was flirty and fun and all that kind of stuff. So I thought, wow, he was really kind of there for me in that time of need. And so I expected that he was just going to be a better guy than he turned out to be. So we meet for the first date and um, I think it was for lunch and it was decent, you know, it was kind of fun. But at the end of the date, he pulls me into him and like just gives me this humongous French kiss, right? Like just way going farther than I expected. Like I pretty much don't kiss somebody on the first date anymore. Like I don't think I know him well enough. It doesn't feel right to me. This guy obviously wanted to kiss me and I don't really, I think it happened so suddenly that I kind of was caught off guard. Um, And so he did and you know, it was just medium. I, I was like, well, that was kind of aggressive, you know, what I was thinking to myself. But 
like he was hot and um, he didn't take it any further than that. And so it seemed not that it was that bad. And I thought I kind of had built up some trust with this person since we had talked so much on the phone, you know. So I thought after that, yeah, I was a little bit aggressive on his part, but I'll talk to him about it before if we ever go out again. So the next week, you know, we talked on the phone, I think, and I did talk to him about the fact that I want to take things slow and that sex isn't the most important thing to me in a relationship and I want to get to know someone before I do that. And he listened, but now looking back, I can see that, you know, he was sitting there talking to me on on Zoom and he was drinking a beer and I don't think he was taking me very seriously. So now I can look back and see that I should have seen that red flag. And the red flag is that he didn't really match my feelings on the topic. I just kind of went with it because he listened and he didn't say anything necessarily contrary to that. I think he said something like sex was important to him. And I think that I maybe defensively was like, well, yeah, it's important, but I'm not saying that I would do it on in the first month of knowing someone, you know. Um, so I think I got off on a little tangent with him maybe on that or I felt defensive or whatever it was. Um, so now I know, you know, that's a sign for me to look for in the future if that kind of thing happens and someone's not sharing my beliefs about how spiritual and important a sexual connection is and how it takes time to build that up. If someone doesn't have extra thoughts to ponder and expound upon that topic, then that's not somebody I want to date anymore. Okay, so here's the part that, you know, is a little bit shameful, but I'm going to say it anyway because this is the dating death trap. So there we go. I didn't go with my intent in I didn't go with my intuition. I decided to go out with this guy again because he was kind of fun. And let me note also that at this point, I'm not drinking, right? I was three or four years sober at the time, and he was drinking. Like most of the times I would see him on Zoom, he was drinking. And even the time that we went on our first date, I hadn't told him that I was sober. So that's not completely his fault, but he ended up going to like a brewery and grabbing a beer at the place we were at. It was like a mall type situation. And we had first met at a non-drinking place. And then we walked around the mall and then there was this brewery that he loved and he went in and had a beer. And that's when I was like telling him that I don't drink and blah, blah, blah. So he did apologize and he was like, oh, well, we can leave if you want. And, you know, so he was okay about that. But I guess my point is that like every time I saw this guy in person, he was drinking. So that's kind of a red flag for me too, because that would be very hard for me as someone who doesn't drink to be involved with somebody who drinks multiple times a week, if not every day. And at that point, you know, I didn't know how much he drinks. So, and I also haven't really dated enough to know what my boundary is there. Like, I would guess I would like it when if somebody didn't drink at all, but I'm not saying that it has to be a complete deal breaker. Like there's friends of mine who will literally order like a glass of wine at dinner and they will drink, you know, three fourths of it and they will leave the rest. And like drinking is not an issue for them. You know, like if I had a, a partner like that, then I think it could be okay as long as they don't use alcohol to fill in that gap for themselves. So back to date number two. So a couple weeks later, we we meet again, and we do some fun stuff together. 
we go to like a video arcade out to dinner and he starts to get kind of grabby. So we were having a pretty good time and he got a little handsy and grabbing my ass, stuff like that. And I don't know, I just let it happen, I guess. I was having fun enough at the beginning of the date that I thought, meh, you know, maybe that's okay. Um, And then we, you know, get to the end of the date. Um, We had walked around the neighborhood by where we were for a while after we had eaten dinner and gone to this arcade. And after we got onto the walk, I started realizing that like, this is definitely not a person that shares the same values as me. I think he and I both, I would assume him too, that we both kind of, I don't know, it, we, it was getting lackluster by the end of the date, let's say. And I was starting to see that this might not work out. And so uh, our cars were really far apart, just as so happened where we were driving. And we were closer to his car. So we get to his car and he's like, oh, I'll give you a ride to your car. And, you know, I could have said no. Looking back, I probably should have because I at that point knew that probably this wasn't going to go anywhere with this guy. We didn't have similar values. I didn't like some of the things I heard him saying and they were deal breaker-ish type things. But it takes me a while sometimes to get my feel to know my feelings and to understand how I feel about things. It takes me a while to unpack them when I'm in situations. I'm not a quick reactor. So maybe that's some of the codependency, like that living in fear that I'm just kind of always a little bit too much in my head and not quite in the present moment as much. And I can't usually react that quickly to what I need to say or do. So um, I said, okay, I'll let you drive me back to my car. So I got in his car, you know, drive back to my car. We stay there and then, you know, he kisses me goodbye. And I was about ready to leave the car and he immediately starts taking it to the next level and grabs my boob. (laughs) And I laughed it off because I was uncomfortable and I pushed his hand away And then I said bye and I left. Uh, You know, I probably people pleased or um, smiled and said, okay, bye, you know, without acting like I was really angry, which I was when I unpacked my feelings later. I thought that was completely inappropriate for the second time we kissed for him to do something like that. I mean, it was so quick and it was, there was no work up to that at all, right? And I, that was not my style, right? I, even if I was going to, let's say, have sex with this person, like, I wouldn't start kissing someone and, like, 20 seconds later grab for a part of their body. Like, you know, maybe after you're married and maybe after you've known a person for many years, like, that kind of thing is appropriate, but this was very inappropriate to me. So I left that date and I was, I was mad. I was upset that he did that and I felt violated. I I felt taken advantage of and I knew that it was partially my fault in a way because I kind of stepped into that situation. I'm not saying that his behavior is my fault. Like obviously he was not thinking of my feelings or caring about me, Um, but I saw it was my responsibility to make sure that I don't go that far with someone that's untrustworthy in the future. And I could look back and see the times I didn't follow my intuition and, um, you know, 
kept dating someone instead. So I was still pretty upset the next day. And since he and I had not ended things, I mean, as far as I know, he thought that that was fine and that we were just going to continue seeing each other. But I didn't want to let it go. I didn't want to allow him to think that his behavior was okay. And so I ended up calling him and saying that I wanted to talk about what happened yesterday. I said it was not okay with me that you did that. And um, basically I was saying that I was not, not consenting to what he did. And he was a lawyer, so he made it all of a sudden into this thing. He's like, are you accusing me of assault? Or I think that's the word he used. Are you saying that I assaulted you? And I was like, no, that's not what I'm saying. But all he kept doing, just yelling into the phone. And I can't believe it. He just yelled at me. And um, so I ended up hanging up um, from that call and seeing that, wow, this guy was really an asshole. And <laughs> I can't believe I, I was able to go on a couple dates with him without seeing that from for what it was. Um but I could look back too and say, look at my intentions going into this dating relationship though. Um, I was using it to try to get over this other person and therefore I didn't look at the warning signs. I kind of abandoned myself in a way because I was trying to use this relationship to help to bypass something unhealthy going on inside me. So I hope you enjoyed that little story. I think it's a really good story because it shows exactly how we can abandon ourselves. It shows exactly how others can take advantage of us and lead us to believe that they're trustworthy when they're not. And there are signs that they're not trustworthy, but we have to be able, I've had to learn more and more how to notice those signs and to stop seeing someone for what I feel like is a small reason. I That's what goes on in my head is like, oh, now I'm going to judge them and stop seeing them because of this little thing that he drinks. Oh, now I can't be, you know, with him just because he drinks. He seems like a good guy other than that, you know, but now I allow myself to stop relationships for smaller things. Because sometimes those things that society told me were small are actually really huge to me. And it's, it's really big. It's really about my own values and what I think is important and my own boundaries, right? So it's really not, we could even look at this story as not even being right or wrong. The point is, is that I allowed somebody to cross my boundaries. He did it a few times and I didn't say anything. I tried to bring it up, but then I didn't listen to what he said. And then he violated my boundaries. So it was up to me to put those boundaries in place and to stop myself from being in situations with someone who is a boundary violator. Do you know those types of people? Boundary violators? Yeah, they're they're everywhere, aren't they? So boundary violators, I do not trust them. If they do it in one place, they're going to do it in another. They're entitled and not friendly. <laughs> so, okay, well, I hope you enjoyed the story. Let me know what you think. And I hope to see you on Tuesday nights for the Survivors of Trauma Support Group. All right, take care, survivors. You deserve a big high five and a smile in the mirror for showing up for yourself today. 
thank you for your dedication to introspection and self-awareness because our personal evolution is what will make this world a better place. If you enjoyed the episode, please give me a five-star review and share it with a friend. And let me know if you want to be a guest to share how you are navigating intergenerational trauma in your life. You're welcome to join my free monthly goal-setting workshop on the first Wednesday of every month. Just DM me at iHeartsAaron.